Yo, what's going on, everybody? It is 1 p.m. here in New Vienna, Iowa. I mean, it's time for another a live stream. Today is Thursday, December 22nd, 2022. Ooh, I, I put the wrong title. Well, I see it up here, but you probably see it down here in the description for today. I put it at 2012. That's clearly a typo. It's 2022, and today's going to be the last live stream of the year, guys. We got Christmas holiday coming up, and then after that, we're going to be going home, and then my family's all coming to visit at my house this year for the first time ever. So I'm going to be busy doing family stuff. So this is going to be the last live stream of 2022. Um, yeah, it seems like really early to say that, but I guess that's the time of year where we are at today. Before we get any further into it uh, for today's live stream, I do want to say thanks to everyone that is listening on the audio-only version on the podcast there's like a small handful of you guys that have been regularly listening, and I appreciate you guys so much. Hopefully, you're having a good, safe run out there today. I know the temperatures are cold all over the country, but if you're anywhere, I don't know. I want to say anywhere in the Midwest, but I feel like even really far south. Someone was telling me that it's going to be one degree Fahrenheit in Nashville. I mean, like relatively speaking, that's like negative 10, 15 degrees Fahrenheit here in Iowa because it just doesn't normally get that cold down there. But it's cold here, too. So if you're out there on your run listening to this podcast, hopefully you're nice and toasty. And everyone watching this later on YouTube after the fact, hopefully you have gone for your run, made it back safe, took a nice warm shower or maybe even a bath and are relaxing with some nice thick warm socks on. That's my, I guess, Christmas <laughs> for you guys. All right, let's see who we got here in the chat for today. We got uh, Frank. He says, Co, I got back to over 3,000 miles this year. My mileage this year was way down. Ooh. Okay. So you got back over to 3,000, which is a lot of miles. I think I'm at like 3,100 or so, maybe 3,200. So not, I'm right there with you, Frank. And the, let me tell you, I feel like I ran a lot of miles this year. But if that's a down year for you, well, hopefully you have a good year next year. Leona says, thanks for this live stream community, Mike. By the way, runners are sporting your non-elite cap everywhere. So in New York and Manhattan Beach last month. That's amazing. Really cool. Um... Yeah, because I, I was talking to Flores the other day, and Flores is saying that, like, he thinks that the non-elite stuff sells at Path Projects, even if people don't know who I am, because they just like the non-elite kind of logo. So I think it's working. Although, who was telling me? I think it was someone in San Francisco was telling me. Was it San Francisco? Was telling me that, like, one time they wore their non-elite hat to outside of a run, and people thought it was some sort of, like, um like political statement saying that you're not like a liberal elite so people thought it was like a MAGA type hat and I was like oh I don't want that I don't want any people to think that it's not that so I'm glad that you guys here get it um all right we got Tony Macias here what's going on Tony he says yo couldn't miss the last one of the year cheers to you Tony uh Tony wrote a very thoughtful comment to me the other day on one of the um uh top five video uh top five review videos so i appreciate you tony um all right eliza says hi co-fam hopefully folks are able to stay safe in the storm i know people are like this is just the beginning part and so like everyone's talking about like the other like foot's about or what's this phrase shoes about to drop foot's about to drop i don't know the hammer's about to something i don't know by the way i finally you know what these were in a totally different bin that i can find my father-in-law found these and it is, these are the oatmeal cookies that have cranberries in them. And then there's raisin cookies that I have here today too. So cheers guys. Terry Forlong says, 
3,000 is a lot of miles. I managed 2,799.91 according to Garmin. Well, Terry, you at least got to get to 2,800, right? Go walk outside. <laughs> I mean, you got a couple of days. You got like a week and a half. But, guys, if it was December 31st and you were at 2,799.91 miles for the year, would you leave it? <laughs> I don't think I would. I don't normally care about that kind of stuff. And I normally wouldn't check. But if I like happen to see it, I think I might add a little bit. I might add a little bit. <laughs> Mark Peterson is here. says, yo, what's going on? Good to see you, Mark. Hopefully you're staying warm up there. I know it's even colder in Minnesota than it is here. Mm. Oh, Frank, Frank says, I meant to say that it was Michael that had over 3,000, and Frank didn't get anywhere close to that. All right, well, Frank, you'll be there with me next year, hopefully. Energy Runner says, I ran my first half marathon during a long run, 130 at 51. As a 15-year-old, I think that's a big accomplishment. Energy Runner, I'm sorry. I wish I had my sounds. I don't have my sounds here. But I would give you a cowbell for that. That's a great job. 138, 51, 15 years old. That's great. Most 15-year-olds are not running that distance at all. I know I wasn't at that age. So that in itself is an achievement and a great place to start. I feel like there's a lot of future there. Um, Sean says, hey, everyone, with the wave emoji, just assemble an idea desk for a Christmas gift. That, I mean, assembling the thing is the gift. I mean, the desk itself is also a gift, but assembling it for someone, that's a gift. It says, turns out if you yell the model name out in frustration like a Swedish swear word, it's cathartic. <laughs> I thought you were going to say that it assembles itself or maybe an elf comes down the chimney and does it for you. I wish I knew the name of some IKEA desks that I could say and yell it out three times. Kyle Rajak says, Yoko Fuzzy, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to you, Kyle. Lou says, Yo, what's going on? Hi, Co. Happy holidays, Co. Fam. CP76 says, Are there any of Grandma's cookies left? There's so many. These are not for the live stream. I just grabbed what Grandma had put out. Grandma used to work in retail for a lot, a big portion of her life. So she knows how to move product. You would uh, It's amazing when the kids are at grandma's house, even my kids, who eat fruit pretty well, but like usually only at dinner. Sometimes I can get them to eat it as a snack. But the way grandma just leaves fruit and veggies out, kids just feel like walking through the kitchen, grab a tangerine, and just eat it without any prompting. She set all these cookies out. She's making caramels and fudge right now. Those are going to be real good. <laughs> Mark wants to know, does your family gift you running-related things, or do they just understand that you already have that covered? Yeah, they don't give me running-related stuff anymore. Um, unless it's really kooky. My sister... Was it my sister? Or maybe it was my mother. I don't remember who, who gave it to me. Gave me a winter cap, like a knit cap, a beanie that folds over, that had a, a flashlight built into it. And the year before that, I think someone gave me a, a beanie with Bluetooth earbuds built into it. So they'll give me stuff like that, which is fun. Or they usually give me food because they know I got to eat a lot. And so food is the best gift. Consumable gifts are my favorite. I usually get a lot of like honey, maple syrup, hot sauces, barbecue sauces, 
No one gets me ranch dressing because they know I got that covered too. But you know, if my sister, if my sister could get me like an, is there such thing as like an artis- artisan blue jeans dressing? I feel like that'd be a very New York thing to get. Although she lives in Connecticut, but I think that would work. And I can <laughs> that could be it. Mm. Energy Runner says in Dallas, Texas, it's going to get as low as eight degrees. That has me worried, man, because last year it wasn't was Dallas really affected too. I know my friends in Austin. They had to. Uh, they had problems when. Was that just last year? Who knows? I've lost track of time. But was last year the year when the power grid had all those problems? My friends that live in Austin, it snowed there, and they were surprised. Even though they they're both from Michigan, so they're very familiar with snow, but they're not familiar with it in Austin. And they've been there for a little while now, and um, they were showing me showing pictures of like they were collecting the snow and putting it in like sinks and tubs and stuff to melt for the water. And I was like, man. So I'm hoping that you guys in Texas make it through unscathed because I know it's going to be cold. Adam says that shoes are consumables. I do consider them a consumable because it's something, you know, use them, run them, run them if you got them. So I do like that. They're not, it's not going to stay around for a long time. Although the other thing that I like is for Christmas, getting Christmas decorations. I know it's kind of a weird gift because you get it after you need the decorations, but then you have it for next year. And so for me, I enjoy when I'm Christmas decorating, like getting the house ready. We usually do it a little bit before Thanksgiving, decorating the house with gifts that people gave me. You know, so I feel kind of like that. Eliza says that ranch dressing equals American sauce. Do people call it that elsewhere? American sauce? That sounds pretty good. What's what I mean, if you were like for the Americans that are in the chat, if I said that, dude, guys, I just went to. I'd say I was just in Brussels and they had this thing that they served called American sauce. What would you think that that sauce would be? I would think that it'd be barbecue. Like a tangy ketchup, you know, but I'd also be pretty happy if it were ranch. Blue cheese dressing, I think, is a little bit more obscure, but I think it'd probably be, I would guess you were talking about barbecue sauce, but I could see it being ranch. Martha says, cheese whiz is literally American cheese sauce. That's true. Um, I do love a good cheese sauce. You, I mean, I just feel like in the 80s and 90s, cheese had such a proliferation in terms of product types. In the 80s and 90s, we got, isn't that when the squeeze the squeeze cans of cheese came out? That wasn't 70s, right? That was 80s. And then we also had a cheese Whiz. It came in a jar and you microwaved it. And then we also had cheese that came in cans. The cans, like they sell them in like the potato chip aisle. You take off the plastic top and then like a foil thing that you open like tuna fish. And then there was cheese sauce in it. Sometimes there's bean dip inside. But now they sell cheese in those metal tins that don't need to be refrigerated until you open it. I mean, there's just so many kinds of cheese products in the U.S. I, I'm guessing they don't have that in Europe. That would be my guess. Uh, Daz Darren 99 says, In Europe they dip french fries in mayo, which seems odd. But I really feel like that's basically like french fries with ranch dressing, which I do from time to time. Steve's even six. Well, there was a there's freedom. Is there a such thing as freedom sauce? 
I feel like freedom sauce should be like, re- like either, free. You know what freedom sauce should be? There. Have you ever seen, like? I've never had it, but apparently there's a place in I think it's Texas that does chicken with a white barbecue sauce. I'm not sure how that's not, not just ranch dressing, but they say it's they swear it's different. I bet you that'd be it. And Tony says freedom fries. You can have freedom fries with freedom sauce. If you're having freedom fries, is the sauce on it still just ketchup, or do you just call the ketchup free? Do you call the ketchup freedom sauce at that point? Terry <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, Furlong says cheese in cans. We do not have that in Europe, for which we are very thankful. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's that's pretty funny. Uh, Martha says, isn't poutine, French-Canadian, cheese sauce on top of fries? Uh, it is, my understanding is typically it is um, gravy. So it's fries, cheese curds, and then gravy. That's my understanding of what a poutine is. Poutine has taken on a lot of different variations. One of my favorite food trucks in um Food trucks in Chicago was a uh, a poutine truck. They would just have different kinds of poutine. They had like I would only eat certain kinds because I don't eat meat, but a lot of them had meat. It would be like a Philly cheesesteak um, poutine. They had like a um, croque monsieur poutine. It was really nice. And then last night I saw on TV there was an advertisement by Taco Bell for nacho fries, and I'm like, that's just like Tex-Mex poutine. It's French fries with nacho toppings on it. I'm like, that looks delicious. And they were calling it like nacho fries, but I'm just like, it's kind of just poutine or a variation on that. Nacho fries, I think, probably explains the food product better to their target audience, though, in America. Ronald Childress says, it's Alabama with the white sauce. I feel like I need to try that now. Although I don't know what I would eat it on. Maybe the white bread. I mean, if I went all the way down to Alabama for it, I'd probably eat the barbecue and try it. Eric says that the poutine is a gravy with cheese curds that are in the sauce. So it's not cheese curds then topped with gravy. The cheese curds are in. So it's like a cheesy gravy then. Cheesy. I think it's a beef gravy is how it's normally supposed to be, right? I don't know. A lot of talk about poutine today. <laughs> um, Frank says cheese is the one thing that seems to be killing me with the inflation like have my grocery budget is going to cheese <laughs> that's so funny uh, <laughs> is, is cheese getting expensive I'm not sure I haven't been paying attention to cheese prices mm. Mark Peterson says you gotta try Taco John's Nachos Navidad I like that. I like the sound of that. It sounds it sounds very festive. I love it. Eric Raj says the craziest food you've eaten during a run. I you know I'm pretty pretty non. I think because I haven't done that many um, ultras. I think ultras are where it gets wild in terms of eating and running. I mean there was a time when I had like it was probably like a pound and a quarter worth of veggie burrito before I went on a run one time. It wasn't terrible. Fortunately, it was an easy run. But I think the craziest thing I've had during a run is Chicago Marathon. I took a shot of Malort. That was not bad at first. And then it was just like I started running more. And then I had this like Malort or Wormwood aftertaste. It just felt like I had drank 
like wood varnish. And now I have to run with that for a couple of miles at like mile 22 of a marathon. That was not a great idea. It was a good idea, but it was not without its side effects, you know? <laughs> Energy Runner says cheese might need to be on somebody else's Christmas list. Cheese would be a good a good one. It's an at, you know, you consumable. You eat it. You eat the cheese. Um yeah. Oh, Mark Mark is not endorsing the Nachos Navidad. He's just letting us know about it. I <laughs> uh, appreciate that. Adam says the egg prices are currently crazy right now. Oh, I didn't know that. You know, our house usually goes through a lot of eggs, but I feel like we've been we haven't been eating them very much lately. I don't know why that is. I feel like the last two shopping trips have been like, do we need eggs? No, we don't need eggs. I don't know. Eliza says, I was manning an aid station at an ultra and got someone to get back out there with a few pumpkin spice rum shots. Pumpkin spice rum. Did did you chase them away with <laughs> the pumpkin spice rum? I don't know. I think I maybe I would probably like that, actually. Now that I'm thinking about it, I don't think that'd be that bad. I usually don't like too many pumpkin things, but I, could, I would try that. KSNT606 says, I'm running Chicago Marathon, and despite hearing you say that, I will still take the Malort shot if it's offered. Yeah, it's, uh, I think every year, at least one of, I think there are multiple groups that do it, but I know every year it's McKellar Run Club. They usually have it, so if you want to find out where they are, I think it's MI. K K E L L E R Run Club. Um, it's a boozy run club. They're pretty fun. Um, they usually have beers. What's funny is I'll be like, "Who wants a beer?" And they have these little cups of beer. And then when you, if you stop for the beer, they're like, "And now, do you want a Malort too?" So like, the beer is the gateway drink. <laughs> <laughs> Dominic says, it sounds like the vegan diet is somewhat inflation-proof. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not sure about that. Um, I suppose it depends on how you do the vegan. If you're doing vegan whole food, then, I mean, the prices are going to be pretty, pretty stable, I feel like. Because it's always going to cost, like, a certain amount to get that kind of stuff. But um, I don't know. I haven't been tracking the price of vegan uh, spam. My, my suspicion would be that the price is probably increasing that too <laughs> Eric says yeah the Chicago handshake is tradition is an old style with the Malort I don't I don't know what the first beer like the first drink they gave me was I think it was just they said it was just beer very well could have been old style I think that's probably right. Could have been. Mm, and Energy Runner says milk seems to always be out of stock at Walmart. You know what's been out of, uh, you know, the Walmart that we go to generally has a very small amount of milk on hand. I've never not been able to get the milk that I want, but it's always like, ooh, there's not a lot of brand options compared to some of the other food options items that they carry where there's many many different brands available milk is pretty narrow but you know what is always out of stock at our walmart two things 
one is, you know, very much a first world problem kind of thing. It's the peach pear LaCroix. You can never find it. I can't actually find peach pear LaCroix anywhere in Crystal Lake. It's always out of stock everywhere I go. I mean, the liquor store has all the flavors except peach pear. The nice grocery store that's kind of like Whole Foods doesn't have it. Target doesn't have it. Walmart doesn't have it. All the other grocery chains. No one has peach pear. I don't know what's going on with peach pear. In fact, the last time, you know what we did? We were at Walmart here during Thanksgiving week, and I think my wife saw it somewhere, peach pear LaCroix, and she bought, like, not cases, like three 12-packs of it to bring home. <laughs> uh, and the other thing that's always out, at least at our Walmart, is um, tater tots. There is, like, two-pound bags of crinkle cup fries, if you want that. And that's about that. That's it. Sometimes there's waffle fries, but like there's no tater tots, and there's not a lot of seasoned fries. I don't know what it is. Like the potato ex section of the freezer is just empty, which I feel like I thought Walmart had a policy you don't leave like sh empty shelf space, but it's just always empty. I don't know why it does that. All right, you guys got some funny stuff going on here. Um, Frank says, vegan diet is by far the cheapest if you don't buy the processed stuff. I think in the long run, yeah, it would be. Like, up front, it feels expensive to have, like, to be buying all the produce. But if you know how to cook it and you're eating it all and not having food waste, or even if you're probably having a little food waste. Yeah, because you're not, like, a lot of the proteins are expensive. Eliza says, I remember grabbing a cup of pickle juice at an aid station thinking it was Gatorade. Oh, I ended up barfing it up. I would do that just because of the flavor surprise. Anytime you're surprised by a flavor, it's just well, instantly. Kyle Rycheck says, my family and I are vegan, mostly whole food vegan. And prices have gone up incrementally, but not as much as what I hear from non-vegan friends. Yeah, that sounds about, that sounds seems consistent with what kind of I've been experiencing. All right, we're bouncing back and forth between veganism and or inflation and uh, drinking on the run. <laughs> uh, Martha says, if I take Malort or anything alcoholic during Chicago, I'll DNF. It doesn't take much for me. <laughs> uh, there was something in Runner's World. I think it just came out. I saw the post on Instagram. They were saying that, like, um, I don't know, maybe it's an annual. I, mean, I feel like with Runner's World, everything is an annual story that just gets trotted out every year. They're saying that, like, um, there's a growing body of evidence saying that even small amounts of alcohol are bad for you. And how do we reconcile that with running culture? That seems to be very boozy. And I was like, that's an interesting piece, something worth thinking about. And, like, holidays are a hard time to think about that, but, yeah, I suppose it's worth thinking about. Uh, Mark wants to know, did any other Midwesterners here ever drink beer 30? It's brewed in La Crosse, Wisconsin for a handful of years. $10 for a 30-pack when he was in college? Blah. $10 for a 30-pack. That's that is that is what is cheaper than water. <laughs> oh my goodness. Um no, I don't think I ever had that. I mean, yeah, it must have been before my time or ap after my time, I guess. Yeah, after my time. Connor uh Michael was that Michael B? Yeah, Connor Michael B. says, My Christmas Witch is a Kofuzi run club in Atlanta at some point in 2023. Hmm. 
I'm trying to think when would that be. Uh, the last time I was in Atlanta was for the Olympic Trials Marathon. Um, you know, I do want to run Peachtree someday, but I think I'm probably, I was just talking with Adam about possibly doing Boulder Boulder this year. And I think Peachtree Road Race and um, Boulder Boulder are always on the same weekend, 4th of July. But aren't there many Atlanta Track Club races? Maybe I need to come down for an Atlanta Track Club race at some point. Let's see if we can make that happen. I don't know. Yeah, Adam says I should try going to Trader Joe's for the Tater Tots. Yeah, the Trader Joe's Tater Tots are solid. Probably one of my favorite Tater Tots is that bag, if we're talking about freezer Tater Tots. Problem is, Trader Joe's is far from where I live. Not far, but it's the next, let's take the next town over. It's in Algonquin. Which I don't know. I think it's the next town over. I'm not actually positive. But like you got to go from like where we are. There's like subdivisions and it's there's occasional strip malls and stuff. But like Algonquin is like straight up like because I don't know anyone that lives in Algonquin. So my only experience of it is the strip malls. And it's just like the roads are like 10 lanes across. And on each side of the road, all it is is strip malls. And then, like, access roads with fast food places, drive through fast food places in it. And every time I drive through there, it just makes me sad. So, like, if we have to go to Algonquin, I just, I'm like, ah, I got to go to Algonquin today. I don't want to go to Algonquin. We almost lived in Algonquin. And I'm sure we would have really liked it there. But some of those, like, mega suburban type roads really make me sad. So, like, going to Trader Joe's feels very far. It's probably six miles away. But it. It's like a 25-minute journey, it feels like, with a hint, a side helping of sadness. Then goes <laughs> So we don't go to Trader Joe's that much anymore. <laughs> uh, Moonwalker says, I saw a video for an Antarctic marathon and another for a North Pole marathon. That would be an interesting change of scenery. Uh, someone just set the record for fastest Antarctic marathon in sub three. There was like 36-inch snowdrifts, like three-foot snowdrifts. The guy said he like fell a couple times, like completely fell, but still managed a sub-three marathon on Antarctica. And I was like, man. Like that would, be, that would have been a record that like before that, I don't know what the record was before that. I would have could have maybe had a chance. But sub-three in Antarctica when it's like, negative 30 it's not always negative 30 Fahrenheit most most times when they run it it's like just wintry conditions because they do it in the summer down there I don't know I would like to do something like that though there's another marathon that you run across a lake I forget what it's called we did a trivia about it one time it's it's in Russia so it's not going to be a good idea for Americans to go over there for a long time but I forget what the name of the lake is, but it's like the largest body of fresh water in the world. The lake is super deep. People do those like free dive competitions in that. Super deep, giant freshwater lake somewhere in northern Russia. When it freezes over, they do a race across it, and it's 26 miles. And people say like your brain freaks out because the scenery doesn't change the entire time because it's just flat, icy lake. And there's no change in the horizon the entire time. So it's just like, you just run. I'm like, that sounds miserable, but also something I want to try someday. These are the raisin cookies my mother-in-law made. And they're, they're not oatmeal. 
and they're very soft. It's almost like eating a raisin muffin. Like the top of a muffin, they're so soft. I don't know how she does it. It's really good. Frank says, is the 2024 U.S. Olympic mar Trials Marathon going to be in Orlando? Yes. It's not going to be in, on the Disney World Marathon course, like some people have been joking. Um, Drew Whitcomb's mom lives in Orlando. Drew's originally from Florida. And so he's like, well, I'll just, well, I'll just go hang out at my mom's house. And I was like, done. So I'm kind of planning on spending the weekend there at Drew's mom's house. Um, but so Drew's familiar with the area. And I listened to an interview with, um, what is it, Runner's Space or something like that? No, Track, Track Shack. Track Shack is the name of the group. It's a running store or a chain of running stores in the area that also does a lot of running events. They're one of the main people helping put it on. And they talked about where the course is going to be. They didn't lay out the course yet, but they have, like, ideas. And so I'm going to try to think about booking a hotel, like, as soon as I can. Usually that kind of stuff, it has to be, like, a year out. So, like, in a couple of months, I'll try to book a hotel. I think it's, it's going to be really, really flat, but the weather should be good. It's, like, second weekend in February or something like that. Oh, Adam says go to TJ's for the LaCroix. You know, we might have to do that. I don't know. I you know. I don't think we've bought peach pear since we've been there. They're probably out too. I don't know what it is, but Connor says there are a few Atlanta Run Club races throughout the year. The marathon is in February and a tenor in October. Come down for the peach trees. It's a fun day. Yeah, here's the only thing about <laughs> running in Atlanta: it's so hilly there. I mean, it's just so hilly, and I just don't like hills. I don't like racing on hills. I don't mind hills to run on, but racing on hills is always so daunting. But I think it's just such an iconic race. It's one of those that, like, I feel like you gotta you gotta do it if you can. Yeah, Frank says like the Orlando course seems like it'll be a faster course than Atlanta or Nashville. I think it is. You know, uh, I, part of me wishes that it would have been Nashville or Chattanooga was also was it Chattanooga that was like in the running for it? I kind of wanted it in one of those like 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 mid-sized American cities. I thought that would have been fun. But my big thing when I got excited about Orlando was that like people can go. Think about how many people went to Atlanta. How many families wanted to go? Spectators, the support teams of you know these kind of like not pro but elite level athletes that are you know this is the biggest race of their lives and so lots of people are traveling to support there were you know so many spectators along the entire marathon course and i was like chattanooga sounds great i'd love to go it's a hilly area there's bridges it's going to be super scenic but like can that city really support it you know like we had all these conversations about eugene and how it's hard to get to there's never enough hotels you know, 
the American Marathon Trials is not as big as World Championships or USATF Championships, but still it would have been, I think, a, a tough thing for the city to handle. I mean, I'm sure they said that it could handle it, but Orlando is a conference. You know, people have conferences there. It's a tourist town. It has enough hotels. It can handle the amount of people coming in. So that's kind of like where I get excited about it. It is going to be fast, which, you know, favors a certain type of runner than others. But I think the 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 Olympic um, standards came out recently. And the Olympic standard for men is like 208 something. So last year, they got gold la label status for the American Marathon Trials. But that didn't happen. That wasn't a sure thing until like a couple of weeks beforehand. And so, like, in theory, it left runners in a position where even if you won the marathon trials, because it was on a difficult course, you probably weren't going to get a, a trials qualifying time or an Olympic qualifying time. And so then you would still have to run another one before you could be on the team. It didn't end up being the issue because it became a gold label race. But now they won't have to worry about that. They don't have to worry about being a gold label race. They can just hopefully we'll have some Americans hit that 208, which I don't think there's a lot of Americans that can hit men that can hit that 208. So it'll be interesting from the men's side. And from the women's side, it'll just be fun to see all the women just like hammer and go at it. It's going to be a good weekend. That's going to be, that's going to be like, I don't know, that's going to be the event of the year for me. I was telling this to uh, people we were talking on Relay. We have like a regular call that we all get on and we were talking about it because like the announcement had happened like right before our regularly scheduled call. And I was like, I don't know about you guys, but like oh, I, I'm, I might be able to go watch the Olympic marathon, but I'm going to be more excited about the American marathon trials than the Olympic marathon. Because those are the athletes that I'm following on Instagram whose careers I'm more interested in. Those are the people that I'm rooting for and they're all in the same place. You know, that's that for me is the race of the year, for sure. I'm super excited. Kurt said, going back to the Antarctic r race, he said he had a friend that tried the Antarctic one. That year there was such a storm that they had to do the whole race on a boat, like 150 laps. Oh, man. I know that for, like, there's one, I mean, I think that there are a couple, I think there are a couple of companies that do it. But I was looking at one. And uh, you have to go down there with a window. So you go to like Chile or something like that. And you wait down there. And like at any point in a seven-day span, depending on the weather, they'll take you on a helicopter to a boat that takes you to Antarctica or something like that. And it's weird. And then you get on there, you run the thing, and then you get back on the boat and you leave. Pretty wild. Really wild. Lou Klein says, man, oh, man, I don't think I'll ever want to go to Antarctica, at least not go there to run a marathon. For me, I can't imagine any other reason how I'd end up going. That's the only way that I can imagine going to Antarctica. And Martha says, if you run in Antarctica, you can run through several countries, even doing a 5K. <laughs> and Mark says, in Soviet Russia, the marathon runs you. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Mm. 
Steve says, just swing your mind and say Merry Christmas, Happy New Year to all of you. I'm off to have an argument with my family. I mean, play Monopoly. <laughs> oh, that's nice. Oh, Lake Baikal. That's the one that I'm talking about. Dominic Smirnowski. Lake Baikal. That's it. It's a giant freshwater lake. There's a, I think there's a marathon run, that runs across it when it freezes in the winter, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, Martha says, my niece did geological work doing ice core samples in Antarctica and had to wait days to fly the crossing. If you take the boat, it's a bar fest, at least in one direction. Oh, boy. I, I get motion sick on a set of swings. That that would not be good for me. <laughs> Melanie Flavin says, the hotels are not taking reservations for Olympic trials yet. I tried getting a VRBO and said, ooh, that's a good idea. Maybe I should do that. Maybe I should get a VRBO and make a YouTube house. Or make a Kovozy Rub Club house. I don't know. Maybe I should get a VRBO. Hmm. I really like hotels, though. I don't like having to deal with, like, the uh, checkout procedures at VRBOs and Airbnbs. My mother-in-law, they've been doing a VRBO or Airbnb. I don't know which one they did for when they go to Florida, and it works out well for them. Uh, whenever I travel with my running buddy, he always does the Airbnb. He loves to do that, and he takes care of it. I mean, I help out with the checkout procedure, but he figures it all out. Hmm. I don't know. That's an interesting idea. Can you book them this far out, though? Hmm. So, so Gummy says... I was getting a little emotional about having to do my long run attempts in the single digits on Saturday until I saw Kahuzi run on St Strava this morning. Yeah, it was cold out today. It was negative four degrees Fahrenheit. Feels like negative 21 or something like that. I normally don't count the feels like. But the winds were cold. Um, and I did five miles, like five and a quarter miles. I don't think I could do much more than that. If it weren't windy, I could. But that wind just... So biting. There were times where I was like, at a mile in, I was like, oh, I think I should turn around. At two miles in, I was like, I think I should turn around. And at two and a half miles in, I was like, well, I'm halfway. Might as well finish. <laughs> and at that point, the wind changed, or the I turned, so the wind changed, and I was at my back. So it was good. Terry says, why are the trials flat when Paris is a bit hilly? It's a good question, and I think it has more to do with the fact that I don't think that there is a lot of competition for hosting the marathon trials. Um, apparently, it's just a big, giant hot potato. Um, L.A. did it. They lost a bunch of money. New York did it. New York lost a bunch of money. Atlanta did it. Atlanta lost a bunch of money. So everyone that's been putting it on, the host organization is losing money, a lot of money on it. And so there weren't a lot of bidders. And as far as I knew, it was like Chattanooga and Orlando were the only two that were bidding on it. And I don't know why they, like, one, I don't think the Paris course was announced before the decision was made for Orlando versus Chattanooga. I may be remembering the dates wrong. But I feel like they were really close together. So, like, by the time like Orlando had made that the USATF made the decision but not yet announced it it was probably before Paris had released what their marathon course was going to be but I, I'm, I'm also assuming that USATF 
probably had some, not that USATF had inside knowledge, but I'm saying like the relevant tra track federations probably had an idea of what the P Paris course was going to be like. So like in my mind, I figured it was going to be Chattanooga because it is a hilly area um, and it would be a very challenging course. But I'm also wondering if, and I think I mentioned this before on a different podcast, if um, again, not in addition to like the, um, the making it so that more runners could hit the Olympic marathon standard at the trials, but also um, I think it's just more exciting. I mean, I think it's better for American, more more relevant on the men's side than the women's, to come in with fast times leading into the marathon rather than like, yeah, they made it in because they got the standard somewhere else, and then they won the American marathon trials in 214. Like, that's not super confidence-inspiring heading into the Olympic marathon. But it's like, yeah, Galen Rupp or maybe Elkin Kabad or... Colin Mickow or whoever we think is going to win, you know, won the American Marathon Trials, the PB of 207 for Colin. Um, that, I think, is a better storyline. And also, I mean, not just not from a PR perspective, but I feel like mentally that's a space I'd rather be in. But I'm guessing it's just that Orlando was better able to facilitate what USATF needed. That's my guess. And I'm guessing that they can't find a way of creating some sort of hill or finding some sort of hill to do it in. You know? Martha says, it makes sense that hosting the Olympic trials isn't profitable. They have the expenses of a big race, but not particularly drawing enough spectators. Yeah, I think it's because there isn't a way to like monetize the spectating, really. Um, and if you think about most big races there is a general mass participation of people that are paying for bibs that facilitates the rest of the event you know so i think that's part of it and then also like the host city pays for travel and lodging for the athletes and so in atlanta particularly when so many women hit the standard i don't think it's always that way but atlanta had made that as part of their bid package that they were going to pay for the travel, if I'm remembering the f history correctly. And so then all of a sudden, like 500 women hit the standard and they were like, okay, we'll still pay for 500 women, you know? And that's why the times also got tightened so much more, I think, but, um, or part of the reason. So there's a lot of that. And there's so like, there's just a lot of expenses and it's not coming back on the city. Now it's not just that like Atlanta track club, ate all the expenses like the city is kicking in quite a bit because they realize it's good for the prestige of the city and also in in the more immediate sense the tourism dollars the travel dollars that get spent in the city as a whole outside of just the race and so maybe orlando was willing to kick in more than chattanooga was able to i don't know i'm not privy to that but and i think that's kind of a lot of reasons why orlando made sense you know Jackie says, hey, Mike, how cold does it have to get before you hop on a treadmill versus going outside? Now that I have a treadmill, like, it's not going to be a lot. It's going to be pretty easy. But there's no treadmill here that's available to me. And I, I mean, I guess I could have driven somewhere. There's a gym that's nearby that I could do, like, a daily pass to. And I've done that on a handful of times. 
But I think tomorrow is going to be even colder than today, and I think I'm just going to not run tomorrow. I mean, I'd rather I'd, – I'd love to do a long run. I'd love to do a workout, but I just don't think it's going to be happening. So for me, I'd really start thinking about it, though, if it's, like, in the teens Fahrenheit for me. Like, if it's in the 20s, I can still – I think I can still do a workout. I don't know that I'd want to do, like, a you know an 18-mile run in 20 degrees. But I could do a workout. But like when it gets in like in the teens or even in the single digits, I, I really try to limit it to like 90 minutes max. But like today I was out there for 45 minutes, 50 minutes. And that's about as long as I'd like to be out there. So, I mean, it, it depends on what I really need to get done. But yeah, now that I own, own a treadmill, it's going to be pretty low. Uh, just whenever I feel like it, I'll just switch over. I, I'm I'm not... I I'm, I don't have like a huge hang up over it. I just didn't have a treadmill before, or I have access to one. Yeah, Connor Michael B says, "What if they monetize through a common race for spectators on the course, either before or after?" I mean, I think that's the way to do it. You know, um, find some sort of way of like just giving people an experience where you can get like five thousand people the chance to pay a couple bucks. You know. And get to do something. I just feel like it makes a lot of sense. And I think that people wouldn't see it as like a money grab, you know, like, especially think about like people that are going to watch their friends compete. They're probably a lot of them. Are, some of them will be family that might not be runners, but a lot of them will be runners and they might want to like, they might be super excited. Adrenaline's happening and they might want to throw down on a 5k or 10k. You know, maybe it's the day before or maybe it's the day of in the morning before the, I, you know, I don't know. But I think, I think, well, my guess is we'll probably start seeing that. All right. You know what, guys? I think that's going to be a good place to leave it for today. Um, and I suppose I should say something. This is the last live stream of 2022. Guys, it's been an incredible year. Thanks, everyone so much for tuning in regularly it's lovely to get new people in here but i also really enjoy and look forward to seeing all the regulars in the chat every day it's been a fantastic experience i hope you guys all have good holidays hope you guys stay safe out there whether you're traveling or just running or whatever it is and i can't wait to see you guys again in the new year i'm not sure if it'll be like january 2nd it won't be the first it'll be sometime second or third somewhere in that space I'll let you guys know. I'll post something on the YouTube channel and on this uh, Kapuzi Run Club channel to let you guys know when that's going to be. But until I see you guys again, be safe and happy out there, guys.